Welcome to High Cheese. It's Friday, January 12th, 2023. So let's talk about Fannie Willis, the Atlanta prosecutor that wants to put Trump in jail as part of this coordinated Democrat attempt to interfere with the election. So what Fannie did is she hired a boyfriend of hers, a person she was romantically involved with. And this is according to a filing by Michael Roman. And Michael Roman is a former Trump campaign official that has also been indicted along with Trump. So he files a motion with the courts and says, hey, wait a second, you've got to throw this case out because Fannie Willis is involved romantically with an outside prosecutor that she hired, that she hired and paid over $650,000. And she benefited personally from this contractual agreement. Now, it's interesting that this prosecutor, and this is an outside attorney, this is not an employee. She went out and hired this Nathan Wade as an outside contractor to be the lead prosecutor against Trump, even though he has no prosecutorial experience. So Willis hires Wade. The county pays him $650,000 for his services. And he goes and takes Fanny on vacations throughout the world. And at the very least, this is unethical. And at the worst, this is criminal. Because it's nothing more than just a cute kickback scheme between Fanny and Nathan. Now, the reason that Roman wants to have this case tossed out against him is because he's claiming this this whole thing, and he's got a point. Was this whole thing not only conjured up to get Trump and to interfere with the elections, was it also conjured up so Fannie Willis can benefit by this corrupt relationship between Nathan Wade and herself? Was there a contractual agreement between Wade and the county? And was that approved by the governing body of the county? Or did Willis hire Wade without the governing body knowing it? Now, in most places, contracts have to be approved by the county board. Now, there are certain exceptions, and I don't know the uh, procurement law in Atlanta, but in most cases, these type of contracts have to be approved by the governing body. So let's see if the governing body approved this contract, and what were the conditions? So like Roman said, this whole Trump indictment in part could have been conjured up to benefit Fannie Willis through this contractual agreement with her boyfriend. Now, this is all alleged at this point, but it does make sense. And I think this has a lot of legs. Now, the other thing that I find interesting and that you may have read in the press is that Wade met with the White House on several occasions. And the reason we know this is that Roman got his hands on Wade's bills, and it showed that he billed the county for meetings with the White House and meetings with representatives of the White House. So you're telling me this wasn't coordinated with the White House? All of these criminal cases against Donald Trump have not been coordinated through the White House? We know who's behind this. It's Joe Biden and the Democrats. And here's a perfect example of the coordination. It may not have been directly with Fannie Willis. And this is how they work. Oh, I didn't directly talk to the White House, but one of my minions did. My boyfriend did. 
And this is how the Democrats work. And this is big business for a lot of these Democrat lawyers because they can make a ton of money from taxpayers going after the political enemies of the Democrat Party. And it's a growth industry right now. And that's why you have so many attorneys that flock to these power structures that are controlled by Democrats and the deep state because there's money in it for them. Hey, hire me. I'll sue your enemies. I'll help you go after your enemies. And this is what an attorney like Wade is doing. And he's getting a benefit because Fanny's his girlfriend. Now, from reports that I see, Wade filed for divorce right after he got his contract with Fannie Willis. And now Wade's soon-to-be ex-wife wants to find out a little more about his relationship with Fannie Willis in the divorce proceedings. So there should be more coming out about this relationship between Willis and Wade. But this is typical corruption of the Democrat Party. This is typical corruption of the Democrat machine going after their enemies and benefiting by it in the meantime. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a congresswoman from Georgia, has already filed a complaint with the governor of Georgia to investigate this. Let's see what happens with this. So we shall see. So something happened this week that we should pay attention to. I don't think we're paying enough attention to this. Uh, Newark, New Jersey, just adopted an ordinance that allows 16-year-olds to vote in Board of Education elections. And the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, above my pay grade Murphy, wants to allow 17-year-olds to vote in primaries as long as they turn 18 for the general election. And you think about this. Let's focus on the Board of Education. They're going to allow 16-year-olds. Now, remember what Obama said about people's maturities today. A number of years ago, he said, oh, people don't mature until they're 26 years old. Now, this wasn't the case 40, 50 years ago when you had young people that were were mature and could critical think. But not today. And this is another scheme by the Democrats to try to manipulate local and state elections. Now, you think about this. You've got Newark is going to allow 16-year-olds to vote. I think there's a conflict here. The first conflict is that we know that a lot of students are being indoctrinated in our school systems, and that starts in K through 12. And you're going to allow these left-wing teachers, communists in some cases, to manipulate their students into who to vote for in the elections, how to vote in a, a referendum, and there's something wrong with that. But it's all about manipulating children, manipulating kids to get their way politically. And believe you me, it's just as important who we have on our board of educations, in our state legislatures, as it is to who we elect in Washington. And I think we were caught off guard a number of years ago when we allowed these George Soros-funded prosecutors get elected. And look what we have today. We've got Fannie Willis in Atlanta. We've got Alan Bragg in New York going after Donald Trump. And now they want to fully control our boards of educations. Now, the other thing that this does is it creates havoc on our voter rolls. 
which I think that the Democrats want because it allows them to cheat. So how are these voter rolls going to be maintained? How are you able to, how are you going to be able to weed out those 16-year-olds that can vote on a Board of Education election from those that can vote in a general election for president's sake? There's two things. One, I don't think they're capable of doing it. And two is I don't think they want to do it because they want to be able to cheat. I think what you're going to find is you're going to find 16 and 17-year-olds voting in federal primaries. And you match this with some other municipalities in certain states. They want non-citizens to vote in their local election. This just adds to the chaos. But again, did I say this is what the Democrats want? So we shall see. What is Mike Johnson doing? What is Speaker Mike Johnson doing? Now, he just reported that he came to a top-line budget figure for this year's budget that was essentially the same of what Kevin McCarthy negotiated with the Democrats over a year ago. And this was one of the reasons that Kevin McCarthy got ousted. Now, you have to understand, unless we have significant cuts to our budget, We are going to continue to amass these massive deficits. I think right now we're on pace to have a $2 trillion deficit for this year. And unless we start cutting the budget, the federal budget, our debt is going to continue to explode. And it's going to get to the point where we will not be able to fund things that we actually need. We're at $34 trillion in debt right now. We'll be accumulating another $2 trillion this year because of what Johnson agreed to. And there's no end in sight. Now, what this massive debt does, it just places so much pressure on interest rates, which affect inflation, because the government has to constantly borrow and borrow and borrow more money at higher interest rates, everything the same. And when you match this with the fact that the government spending itself is inflationary, it's a double whammy. And like I said before, If it doesn't stop, we're going to be put in a position where we can't meet the government's needs. Think about this. Right now, the cost of our interest on our debt is the same as our defense spending. And I think OMB projects that we're going to hit $50 trillion in debt by 2030. This is just unsustainable. You cannot run a government this way. And I know Johnson's a Christian and he's trying to do the best thing, but This is just insane. Now, negotiations are still ongoing. Who knows where they're going to wind up? Now, we've got a government shutdown looming, which to me, quite frankly, I got no problem with it as as long as we can do something with our border and do something with our budget because our open border is unacceptable and the massive debt that we're accumulating is just unacceptable. Now, Johnson may have a lifeline right now because there was one congressman, they were talking about a replacement for Johnson. And this congressman said, well, quite frankly, we don't have anybody yet to replace him. And again, he's a good Christian. He's got good intentions. But he's getting rolled on this budget by the Democrats, the nihilists. You have to understand, uncontrolled spending is nihilism, whether it's Americans taking on too much credit card debt or the federal government taking on too much debt. This is economic nihilism. And it's got to stop. So we shall see. Why isn't Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin fired? So he goes in for prostate surgery. Apparently he has prostate cancer. Uh, Comes home, 
has complications, gets rushed to the hospital, and doesn't tell the President of the United States that he's in intensive care. I think it took four days before Biden found out that Austin was in the hospital. And the mere fact that Biden did not fire him just shows us that this is not a serious administration. These are not filled with serious people. How can you be the defense secretary, get rushed to the hospital, and then move most of your responsibilities over to your deputy who's on in vacation, who's on vacation, and then is told, oh, you don't have to come back, and then take four days before the president of the United States find out that you're sick. This DOD secretary is such an important position, and I guess it's manned by a person that thinks being woke is much more important than letting the president of the United States know that you're in the hospital, that you're in intensive care. And then Biden's response is just as irresponsible. Ah, no big deal. We're not going to fire him. Now, one thing I want to know is we had this uh, military excursion against the Houthis in Yemen over the past 12 hours. And I just want to know, is the Department of Defense secretary usually part of planning these type of excursions by the military? And if he is, was he part of this one? And if he was supposed to be, and he was a no-show at any of the meetings revolving around this excursion, what does that say to everyone? So there's so many questions I have. But again, this is just indicative of the Biden administration. It's just manned by the beat team. So we shall see. Okay, December inflation figures came out this past Thursday. So let's go to the CPI. We're going to take a look at the headline CPI, which includes food and gasoline. And CPI went from a 3.1% rise in November to a 3.4% rise in December, which is interesting because in December, the Fed came out and said, look, we're going to start holding interest rates and we anticipate reducing interest rates sometime in 2024. Now, you have to understand is that the Fed is going to do everything it can to avoid a deep recession before November's election because they want Biden to win. But you risk raising inflation in doing that. So if you're going to hold uh, rates the same and you're going to announced that you plan on cutting rates in 2024, this could have an inflationary result. So let's take a look at this in detail. Beef, it's up 11.2% year over year. Baby formula, it's up 7.3% year over year. Motor vehicle insurance, up 20.3%. Vet services, up 10.8%. Oh, by the way, have you seen these advertisements for pet insurance? It's expensive. People are getting quotes for $400 and $500 a month for insurance, health insurance on their pets. That's a lot of money. Motor vehicle repair, up 10.3% year over year. Tobacco and smoking products, 7.8%. Outpatient hospital service, 6.7%. Rent to primary residence, 6.5% year over year. Garbage and trash collection, up 6.5%. Cable service, satellite service, live streaming, up 5.6%. And it's funny, the Biden administration is just trying to do their best spin on this thing. 
just trying to make the American people believe that everything is good. Bidenomics is working. Believe our spin on this. Don't believe what you see in the supermarkets. Oh, by the way, eggs went up. Eggs were going down for a while, but I noticed uh, that they were going up in price quite a bit. And I noticed in the, the statistics here that egg prices went up from November to December. But let's get back to the spin. Oh, everything's good. Bidenomics is working. And the American people don't believe that. And with that said, I want to go to uh, one of Biden's economic advisors. Her name is uh, Lael Brainerd. And she's out there trying to put her spin on this, make everybody believe that everything's fine when it's not. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. We also received encouraging news today on inflation that shows inflation is down nearly two-thirds as supply chain pressures have eased. And you can see this in this slide with uh, the reduction in supply chain uh, pressures over the last year being followed by uh, reductions uh, in inflation. Inflation is down by two-thirds? What is she drinking? Inflation's been up 18% since Biden took office. And then she goes on to say, oh, it's a supply chain issue. She wants to make us believe it's a supply chain issue. It has nothing to do with the run-up in oil, the run-up in gas since Biden took office, as well as the massive government spending that Biden's programs threw into the economy that was coming back. They don't want you to know that. They want you to think it's something else. And this is just nothing more than just misleading the American people. Believe what I say. Don't believe your eyes. And let's talk about the massive revisions to jobs for 2023. It was reported a few weeks ago that the Biden administration overestimated jobs for 2023 by 450,000 jobs. You know, the re these reports on jobs come out every month and they show you the job number and then they revise them later on. And what the Biden administration did is that they had to revise their job numbers down for 2023 by 450,000 jobs. But this is all part of the PSYOP that they're putting on the American people regarding the economy. So we shall see. You know, the military has resisted having their finances audited. They just outright resist doing it. They'll tell you, oh, no, we, we do it. We have our own internal audit that does that. People want an outside audit firm, somebody objective to take a look at their finances. But the military has always resisted. And this is one of the issues with Ukraine funding. number of Republicans want to know, where's this money going? Let's do an audit on where this money is going for Ukraine. And the military has pushed back. The Democrats have pushed back on this. They don't want you to know. Now, with that said, I want to go to an article, and it's uh, from the Daily Mail. And let me read the he headline here. Says here, millionaire con woman, 57 years old, who built military out of $100 million to splash on 31 homes, 80 cars, 
and forged her boss's signature to move huge sums of money into her account. And she's freed without bail. Says here, a San Antonio con woman who allegedly built the military out of over $100 million in a six-year fraud forged her boss's signature to move the massive sums, prosecutors have claimed. Janet Mello, 57, who was accused of embezzling from the U.S. Army and spending millions on 80 supercars and 31 real estate properties, was not locked up ahead of her trial after a judge granted her a personal recognizance bond. The fact that she's out on bail is just secondary to me over the fact that she stole $100 million from the military. How could that happen? And maybe this is why the military is so afraid to have themselves audited by some objective party. They're afraid what they're going to find. We have a military budget of nearly $900 billion this year, and they don't want to be audited. To me, that's just not responsible. Where is this money going? Who's getting it? And the American people need to know. It's just too much money going into a government agency. That's not being audited. There's no financial accountability. And again, they'll tell you, oh, we have our own internal audit teams. We do it. Well, that's like giving the fox control over the hen house. It just doesn't make sense. And if we're going to get back to good finances, controlled spending, we need to audit the Department of Defense and the military. So we shall see. So Hunter Biden crashed his contempt of Congress hearing for some reason. Did he think he was going to intimidate the committee? What was this arrogant move by just crashing? I think he stayed there for 90 seconds. It was under two minutes. He came in, sat down, sat there smugly, like a guy that knew that he was ultimately go- is going to get pardoned by his dad. And then he gets up and walks out. Now, we later find out maybe it was a stunt because apparently they're doing Someone is doing a documentary on Hunter Biden. Maybe this was part of his documentary. And with that said, I just want to go to a clip. And the only reason I'm playing, I think it was very funny. It was with uh, MTG. She is one tough hombre. And a lot of, I'm sure a lot of you have heard it, but I just got to play it again because it was really, really good. So let's go to the clip and then we'll come back and discuss. Chair, recognize Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse me, Hunter. Apparently, you're afraid of my words. Uh, here goes. I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. I think it's clear and obvious for everyone watching this hearing today that Hunter Biden is terrified of strong conservative Republican women because he can't even face my words as I was about to speak to him. What a coward. So the committee voted to hold Hunter in contempt of Congress. And here's the interesting thing. It just came out, I guess, several hours ago that Hunter's attorney says, oh, no, we'll comply with it as long as it's a proper subpoena. And then he goes on to imply that the inquiry into his dad, Joe Biden, is illegitimate. Well, it's too late. You don't have a, you don't get a second bite at not complying with a subpoena. 
And all this is is a stunt just to hold things up in court, just to drag this out. So we shall see. Now, there's two items of importance that I just wanted to talk about before I go. Um, the first thing is the there is an election in Taiwan tomorrow. And the leading candidate for president of Taiwan is someone whose position is that Taiwan is an independent state. And if he wins, it's, it's clearly going to amp up the friction between China and Taiwan and the United States. So keep your eyes out on the results of that election. And the second thing is, Monday is the Iowa caucus. And to any of my Iowa listeners, I know it's going to be bad weather, but get out there and vote for Trump. And with that said, thank you very much for listening. You have a good week, and I will talk to you next Saturday.